Well, hang on, Elisa, just a moment. Let's let let's let people come on into the room and whatnot. And um, you know, I, I'm going to let you think about some. Uh, Elisa's got some bandwidth issues, so uh, she was not able. Her and I have not talked about this at all, which is what I like to do because this is just right off the cuff. But I'm going to give you my first question right now, Elisa, so you can think about. It. Don't answer yet. But my first question to every uh guest is what is on your mind right now what what's been happening in the last 48 hours or so what's what's right there okay just hang on and hold that you bet and um as a um follower of your podcast i have heard all those great answers that people have given you it is a terrific question to start with yeah i love to start with that because it kind of breaks the ice and kind of gets everything set for the yeah. evening um, so folks, you're coming in. That's great. Uh, don't forget Q and a in the chat. That's why we do this live. You're in for a treat tonight. Cause we have the CEO of green America, Lisa Gravitz, and I'm going to let her tell more of what she does, but I'm going to just kind <clears> of, <throat> excuse me, kind of highlight because see, this is what's important here. We've got the farmer on one side, we've got the the packagers and the the retail and all that in the middle and we've got the consumer on the right and elisa and her company are experts in getting everyone together and understanding what needs to happen all the way up and down the food chain so she's going to go into greater detail on this but this the role that green america plays in this regenerative movement is extremely important Okay, because we've got to get everyone on the same playing field. So, enough said. Giddy up, let's go. Elisa, how you doing? I'm doing great. And how are you tonight, Rick? Oh, I'm doing awesome. I'm doing. We we we're, we are in a beautiful stretch of weather in the Midwest right now. It's like 82 degrees, sunny, clear skies. The evenings are in the in the 60s. It's really nice right now. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. So glad. Now you're in you're in Washington D.C. Is that correct? Today I'm in Washington D.C. Right, and uh, we just we just had real a lot of heat and humidity. Um, we've been saying all summer we wish we could ship the rain out your way because uh, it's we've had a lot of rain, but uh, we finally got a break to the humidity, so we're good. Oh, good. All right. Well, Elisa, it's an honor to have you here today. We're going to let you describe your company in a little bit greater detail in just a moment. But again, folks, we have Elisa Gravitz, CEO of Green America. Um, Elisa and I probably met uh, six years ago, maybe. I'm not. It doesn't matter. Five or six years ago, and I really admire what her vision has been for this movement this regenerative movement, and we're going to talk in greater detail about this, but at least I'm going to ask you the question I ask everybody. What is on your mind right now? You know, what's on my mind right now is resiliency and gratitude. Um, Rick, you know, I got to see you just a couple of weeks back after um, having spent about a month on the road um, visiting the growers that we get to work with um, all across the Midwest. We left out of Washington, D.C., Ohio, Pennsylvania, um, uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, all the way up to the High Plains, um, almost at the border in Montana, and then back down across uh, um, Nebraska and Iowa. 
And um, we got to visit so many farms that are um, somewhere on their regenerative journey. Some folks are just beginning. Um, some folks are um, well into it. Um, the last stop we made was at your place, Rick, and we got to sit on the porch and talk for a couple of hours. It was spectacular. And I just valued that time together so much because, um, you know, uh, you helped me make so much sense of everything we had just seen. And I got to see where you were. Um, I hadn't been there for, gosh, almost three, four years. And yeah. your place just looked great. I mean, even in this rough summer, it was teeming with life and um, it was great to hear all your stories. But let me tell you, the reason resilience is on my mind is because um, as we made that trip um, from east to west, it, and it got drier and drier and drier. Yeah. Yeah. And um, in North Dakota, if they're lucky, they'll get six inches of moisture this year. By the time we got up to Chester, Montana, where, where we were, um, they'll be lucky to get four inches of moisture. Oh they gosh. did not even have a snow cover last year. They had zero moisture from um, October 30th to June 1, zero. And um, what I saw in each of the in each of the farms and with each each of the growers I got to talk with is, is that the farms that were on the regenerative journey they had resilience that their neighbors did not. Yeah. Now, when you get four inches of water, when you get six inches of water, if you're lucky, um, it's still tough, right? But they were so much better off than just the neighbors across the road where we would sometimes go over and chat. And that that's just um, the, the resilience. I just got, I just left more than I'd ever before um, with, it's for the folks who um, have not yet started on this journey, now is the time because I'm worried about people, if just from a resiliency point of view, whether or not they'll be there. Um, and I don't know, I can't tell you four years, five years, seven years, but this this regenerative journey is is um, essential, just essential. Yeah, yeah. It's not a fad, is it? I mean, this is for real. This oh. is the way it's going to be in the future. This is for real. This is not. It's not a fire drill. And yeah. um, uh, this, um, um, you know, focus on soil health. Really thinking about regeneration is essential. And that's where I just left in gratitude. You know, I left your your farm, you know, talking with after talking with you and Carol in such gratitude because for the folks that are um, on this journey, for the hard work it is to do farming, um, how it's getting harder every day, um, and to see the, even when things look tough, to see the progress, I, I had just such gratitude. Um, yeah. So I just want to thank everyone everyone who's out there everyone who's listening everyone who farms just thank you so much um for for being on this journey because you're um literally um saving your farm and um saving the ability for our world to grow food so thank you yeah well i got a couple of things i want to say first of all you know i live in an i state we get plenty of moisture i i don't know how those folks do it I don't know how you go into a six inch environment of rain and make it happen. Um, those folks need all the accolades because we always tend to get rain when we not, maybe not when we need it, but we do get the rain. So, you know, we build, we, we build the health of the soil so that when we do get those rains, we capture all of it and then we store it in our tank 
Well, they're doing the same thing out there. It's just I can't fathom four or six inches of rain in an annual period. And then, and then what I want to ask you, Elisa, is what were the attitudes of the farmers that you met? Were, were they up, upbeat, or were they down and out? I mean, obviously, you went from pretty good weather in Ohio uh, to pretty miserable weather in South and North Dakota. Right. So what I would say is that the, the, the growers, the producers that I visited with, um, they, they were having a hard year, but they were optimistic. They were still seeing great things in their soil. Um, they were saying, um, you know, um, I'm still going to get a crop. Um, they were saying, um, I'm, still, um, I'm still regenerating the soil. I am seeing all the good signs. And so they were, I think what you could say is they were affirmed that they were on the right path and more committed than ever. Um, yeah. And they, they felt that the, they, they felt that mother nature herself was telling them that. Yeah. Well, that's great. Now I want to tell a little quick story here this week that, that really made me feel good. Really, really good. Um, we had a, a local farmer in right here, right next close to where we have known this gentleman for a long time. Uh, had lunch with he, 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 his uh, son-in-law and his daughter, and then on our side was myself, Rachel, and her husband, Eric. Uh, Carol couldn't join us because Carol was being the grandmother and watching the grandkids. But anyway, anyway, what at least what made me so happy and excited here is we're having a conversation with a long-term tilling farmer that's talking now, how do we change? How do we start to do something different? And Elisa, I couldn't believe the homework he'd done. I mean, he had he had it laid out. He had maps of his fields. He'd already divided them in half and, you know, did it the way you're supposed to do it. You take a 40 acre field and you do 20 of it this way and you do 20 of it your way and look at the end result at the end of the year. I mean, this was exactly what I want to see happen. And I think, you know, if we can get an, an, an one or two more guys in the county to do this, I think the rest of the county might say, well, gosh, I, I know Rick's and his group's been doing it, but now so-and-so's doing it and so-and-so's doing it. So I, I feel really good. Oh, that must, oh, it makes my heart happy to hear this. And it just must have put you over the moon because yeah. I remember the first, the first time we ever visited on your farm, that's exactly what you were talking about. How am I going to get other folks yeah. right here where I live? Um, to, to really to, to really think about it and to take, take those first steps. And yeah. wow, you've, you've done it. Um, yeah. You know, um, oh, I yeah. just want to ask, you know, you might be sitting, you know, you have the opportunity to sit at coffee with those folks. But let me tell you, nearly everyone I visited mentioned your name about how important it was to them, how much they've learned from you, how much they appreciate this podcast. And, um, there were a couple of people that were hitting the hard spot and they, boy, I, I, someone literally said to me, I wish I knew what Rick knew. And I said, it's somebody that, you know, actually, um, and I said, well, why don't you just give Rick a call and ask him, you know? Yeah, he told me. Said, oh, no, no, no. She said, I, I wouldn't want to impose. I said, I bet you anything Rick would be happy for that call. Yeah. So um, I just, 
Um, I just want to thank you and all the folks that are out there telling these stories and talking with people. It is making a huge difference. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I, you know, when we started down this journey and when we started to see what, what can happen here and then people wanted to hear what our message was, it's all about teaching, Elisa. We've got to teach the people how they can step out of their comfort zone and try something different. And right. and you know what? I, we're, we're the podcast. Oh my gosh, Elisa! I, I mean, we're in the top one hundred and fifty podcasts on on Apple platform. It's incredible what's happening with this thing. We're starting to get feedback, and and I'm I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out right now. We, we got a, a, a feedback, and I'm sorry, I don't remember the person's name, but they were very, it was a very well sent email. I mean, he did a beautiful job of being very constructive of some of the things that I've been doing. And I, I, at first I was like, eh, you know, come on. And then I read it again and read it again. He's like, okay, I get this. Well, next week we're going to do another Q&A with Rick, and it's going to oh, be I love down, down to just basic basic 101 because this gentleman thought I was we were going too far over people's heads sometimes and I get that so next week it's 101 basic how do we get started how do we try this what do we do and that's what we're going to try to do so anyway that's okay. great I I love I love your Q&A podcast and it's so important um the um yeah um I mean and the thing is each one of us, no matter where we are on our journey, we can be a teacher. We yeah. can be an encourager um, because um, I know that on your porch, you and I were talking about, there's really three pieces to it, right? There's, there's, there's what you learn and the principles that you learn. And that's, that's one piece of it. Then the next piece of it is the how-to. You might have the principles. You might really say, oh yeah, this is what I know I need to do. But right. then- you know, you hit up against something and then it's like, okay, now what do I do? So you need that kind of that very, you know, the hands-on how-to. And then, you know, each one of us, um, and that's what these podcasts are so great for, each one of us needs that encouragement, you know, to hear from someone, yep, I've been there, know what you mean, had some problems, took a stumble, got back up on my feet, and this great thing happened. So, um, you know, you need all three of those. And that's why when we all talk with each other like this, that that's that that's what we can that's what we can help each other do yeah and at least i i mean it's amazing you know it's no different than than like um you know the old saying is you get a lot accomplished on the golf course you know you go out and you shoot around the golf and you can and it's weird but yeah sometimes deals get cut that way or it's not so much going mm -hmm. to that conference but it's out in the hallway who you meet and have that conversation with it's the same thing you're talking about you just never mm -hmm. know i mean the first time i met you i didn't know anything about green america i didn't I, but then the more i I saw your name pop up and it, it, you guys are going to do that. You're going to do what, you know, and then it's like, okay, this, this is a company that I think has this figured out. So now let's go to your company. What, give us what green America is. Right. So green America is um, uh, a nonprofit organization. So um, what you were just saying is that the heart of uh, what we love is, is, you know, education and encouragement. That's, that's what, what we do. 
Um, we are particularly focused on what we call marketplace solutions. We, you know, if things are going to work for people, it has to work um, on the economy, whether it's cash flowing on your farm, you know, no matter where you are in the, in the system, um, the economy has to work or people, you know, can't do it, um, just, just can't. So we focus on marketplace solutions um, on, on the world's, the world's um, toughest problems. And that's how um, we've gotten into, we have a huge regenerative agriculture program. And um, we, I, I thought your um, introduction was just so great. I mean, you just totally get it. What we do is we bring people together to solve problems. Yeah. Um, and in particular, what we do is um, we do this really crazy thing about trying to bring people into the room that represent the whole system. So starting, it always has to start with the, with the farmers, with the growers, with the producers, with the ranchers. It always starts there. And you also need the, the seed growers. And you also need the, the companies and the retailers um, and the investors and everyone in between, the ingredient suppliers, because everybody is seeing a different part of the puzzle. So then the question becomes, together, we can put the puzzle pieces together um, better better than any one of us can do alone. So, so um, and, and, it, and it is so much fun. We get to meet people like you. I, I remember the first time we met you, you came and gave a talk to the group in Iowa. We, were, we happened to be meeting in Iowa that time. I mean, you just knocked their socks off. Um, you were originally, I think if I remember right, that we were originally going to speak for about 40 minutes. They wouldn't let you stop. I think you were there still an hour and a half later. And they were asking you all of these questions. Yeah. And they were, they were just so excited to hear about how this was working. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, was, um, it, was, it was a long, long time ago. So, so, you're, no. so at that point, and most people had not heard about the idea of, of rolling down and planting green. And people, I mean, uh, um, I wish I had had a picture because I was sitting there and people were literally at the edge of their seats, literally. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was just so great. And, um, but, but, but it wasn't, so there were a lot of farmers there, but it was also companies and retailers and ingredient suppliers. So they were hearing, you know what? This can work. Here's somebody who's out there um, and he's doing it, um, and and that that was just just extraordinary. Yeah. Um, I also want to say, P.S. Um, I think it was maybe about a year later. I got to visit you on your farm for the first time, and for all the stories that I had heard, I just want everyone who's listening to know this. For all the stories I'd heard about what you've done, because by that time I'd heard you speak a couple of times. We had met a at a couple of events. Right. Um, getting to be there. And seeing what you were doing, and you know, you walk onto in in onto your farm, your fields, they are teeming with life. You've got the pollinators, you've yeah. got all that diversity going on, and yeah. you've got, uh, you know, you've you've got <laughs> those plants practically tell you we love growing here, you know. Um, and and I just, um, you know, I just want to let people know that what that whatever you've heard about Rick, whatever you've heard on this podcast. When you actually see it, it's actually better than what you've heard. Well, thank you, thank you. You're you're being you're being too gracious, but thank you. I appreciate that. I I tell you what, Elisa. I think it, I mean you're the CEO of Green America. Um, I think it's so important that you hit the road and do exactly what you did. Yes, we need to see the other folks in your company, but we need to see you out. And and I think. 
I think that that's awesome that you and your husband took three weeks out of your life to go do, and it was probably a time for you two to just kind of, you know, just deflate a little bit and get out of the stress a little bit. And I, I can't imagine the conversations you guys had going down Interstate 80 or whatever you were on. Oh, it was a movable feast. We had, I mean, everybody, we just had such a good time talking with everybody, you know, really getting into the most important questions of the day. Um, you know, uh, and getting to hear how people tell the stories, um, getting to hear people's definitions of regenerative yeah. and how it's working for them. I'll tell you, it is, it's just, a, it's a, it's a gift. It is a gift yeah. to be able to do that. All right. So now let's get a little bit headed toward that two and a half, three hour visit you made to our farm. And I think you and I got down to the nitty gritty and we, and I said, Elisa, there's four things that in my opinion need to need to happen. Do you remember what those four were? Um, let me see. I remember three of them. Well, go ahead. Let's yeah, just start. Let's, yeah, give, give, uh, there's a good quiz, guys. Um, yep, um, so got to do the educating. Got to do the educating of the educators. Yeah. Um, got to make sure that the, um, that the people are in fact um, um, make, being able to make those markets. Right. And we got here, we got, we've got, um, we, we stop all the confusion and get the definition straight. Um, and, um, uh, and, and if people are going to be thinking about things like just the carbon markets, we got to get them back to the right. holistic big picture. Right. So, so that, that was my walk away. How did I do? Yeah, you did great. Let's just start picking on one of those. Let's, let's pick out, let's pick out the teaching aspect. This, this is so important, and and I think when you look at uh, the Biden administration, I truly think that they want to do something. I really do. I know their hands are tied. I know they've got to get through the Senate, and then I know I understand all that. But I really think they want to do something here. So they put out this um, uh, what this they're going to give away a, a billion dollars, right, for research and whatnot. Then they passed this, this um, the latest uh, bill, 430-some billion dollars. I think they added another billion to that original one. Is that correct? So, yep. Okay, so now people have applied for these grants. And now this is where the rubber meets the road because I've heard a lot of folks, some folks have asked me to get my input on with that uh, grant uh, proposal. And... Elisa, the underlying thing on all of this is teaching. They've got to figure out how to teach the masses here. So go ahead. What, what do you think? 100%. I mean, that, um, that was the theme for every visit that we made, um, for every, um, you, you know, um, I just love talking to you so much. And, and we got off onto the, all these other conversations. And I, I never finished the story about, about what else Green America does. But we, we have um, several networks with many, many farmers. Um, we have a program that, that actually does try to do that education oh. and all that kind of good stuff. We can talk about that more later. We're um, uh, and we're, we're, we're looking at all kinds of great things. There's just a new, we have a finance round table. Like how do we, how do, so, so I'll just give an example. How do we make sure that the, the finance and investing community um, really understands what's going on here so that they will, they will finance, um, uh, uh, farms that are uh, transitioning to regenerative. We have and a nutrition important. density 
Yep. Yep. Go ahead. No, no, that's, this is very important what you're talking about because so many folks may not have the financial fortitude to step into this, this transitional period. And, right. and honestly, Elisa, what it is, it's, it's, it's the fact that they don't understand yet that once you get into this road, it's less of a financial burden. They just don't understand that yet. Right. That's right. That, and the, and some of the, and some of their, some of their bankers, for example, don't understand it. So they say, no, 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 that sounds too risky. Right. When, when saying quite the opposite. Um, and um, I'll get back to that in a minute, but, but that whole idea of part of the education is the, is really understanding that, that financial part. Yeah. Um, I've got a really couple interesting stories on that, but um, so the financing, um, the, the, that whole financing roundtable that we do, we also do a nutrient density roundtable because, of course, healthy soil, healthy plants, healthy humans, um, very, very important part of this. Um, and I know that means a lot to a lot of the producers that um, that what they're bringing to market is, you know, it's. Um, what what a farm farmer uh, brings to market at any point is really important. It's what feeds the world, making that even better, higher quality. Whoa, what a difference that makes for for people's health and, and livelihoods. So um, those are the kinds of things we do, and we even have we might talk about it later on. Don't have to talk about it now or at all. But um, we also have something called the Soil Carbon Initiative, which is a which is a for for those doing the work. And making the and and clearly following the definitions and applying the principles, it's a um, a market label that you can that you can signal whether it's it's a, a farm wants to put it on their website, whether it's a company wants to put it on the back of their package to say we're on the regenerative path. So we do all those kind of great things, and the but what follows through all of that is 100% what you're saying is the education, um, and it is lifelong learning because Rick. I know one of the things I so admire about you, as much as you know, as much as you knew when I first met you, like five or six years ago, you know so much more now. And I know when we talk again, you're going to know even more. And so it's that commitment to the lifelong learning so that we all are kind of humble about that. We're all learning. Um, And so, yes, 100 percent the learning. Um, The people wanted... um, uh, I got to travel, as you mentioned, I traveled with my husband, who's a science advisor for us. Oh boy, people had a long list of questions at every stop. You know, why does this work? What's going on here? Um, oh. all, all this kind of stuff. So it, it, it is so important, 100%. Um, uh, and the thing is, it's dynamic because as you improve your system, then, you know, like you do, you have to continue to, you, you, there's, there's more opportunity. So it, it's 100% that work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back to what you mentioned now. Uh, I'm sorry. I've, I've forgotten the name about uh, uh, getting a farm. I think it's certified to be regenerative. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. What's, yep. your, what's your three word? So, uh, our, our program is called the, uh, the Soil Carbon Initiative. Sorry. And um, what it does is, is that it focuses on soil health. It's um, farmer centric. Um, that network we talked about earlier, um, everybody came together and said, we really need to be really clear about the definition of regenerative so that we know what's going on out there. Um, you know, and it's, and it's not um, rocket science or it doesn't have to be something that new. It's, it's applying those principles, the soil health principles, you know, and watching what happens to the land and, and how it changes. So it's, 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 it's um, the, the soil health committee that designed it. It was 
um, 60, 60 people, one, 30, 30 of them were farmers, 30% soil scientists. So it had to, the, the requirements were, it had to work for farmers. It, it had to meet farmers where they were. Um, and um, every step of the way has to be about farmers. And I'm really proud to say that on my own staff team, we have three people who are also farmers. Um, so it happens, it happens every day. It happens every day. So, um, and, and what happens is that it's, it's um, uh, you do your baseline soil health testing. Um, you, you make a plan. This is what I want to do based on my own context, my own farm, my soil, um, where um, I want to go with my farm, what I produce. Um, and then, and then you carry out your plan and you, you improve it every year. And so that's how, and um, that's how we can see how are you progressing. See, so, um, I want to stop you there for just a second. Mm -hmm. This is very important here because you have to understand that you need to baseline. She used the word baseline, which is exactly correct. You've got to see where your operation is today. And you need to come up as the grower or the farmer, the producer, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call yourself, you need to come up with as much history as you possibly can on every field that you have. So then when you put it into this platform, it gives you a beautiful start to a carbon footprint, let's call it. And the goal here, Elisa, is to take that footprint and go net you know go negative with it and be be supplying carbon back to or you know i guess the term net zero is the is the popular term today but mm -hmm. same thing but this is very i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you but this is very important yeah. about baselining baseline is so important and, and also like you were saying is it's it's about the whole picture right because what soil health drives is so many things right i mean Everyone here listening knows, and you, you're just so good at educating people about that. But yes, it's the carbon, and it's the water, um, and it's the nutrients, um, and it's the biodiversity, um, and it's, um, uh, I always say, it, it's, it's um, like you, you say, it's um, also um, moving from a yield farmer to a bottom line farmer. I love yeah. that. Um, so that you that that you're driving the, um, the the biodiversity of your soil is literally driving the revenue diversity and the, the profitability of your of your farm yeah. or your ranch, um, yeah. and so that yeah that that's that's that whole picture because and it's that resiliency. Um, I'll also refer back to the first time we ever talked, and one of the things that you said what's so great about um, regenerative agriculture is the weather protection, you yeah. know. Um, um, and I remember that first time that I visited you, um, there had been a big storm that had come through. Actually, it was just a windstorm. It didn't even give you guys rain. I mean, oh my gosh. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry to report that, um, a lot of your neighbor's corn just, yeah. uh, you know, that was, that was the end of the corn because it had been dry, but yours was resilient. It bounced right back up. So, yeah. um, it, it, you know, so you get the, you get the the you get that water infiltration so that if you get a lot of if you do get a lot of precip then you've got that water infiltration you get the drought protection um, right. through the buildup of soil organic matter and you even get wind protection so yeah. um it's that big picture that that we're trying to get at that that yes yes of course you get carbon and that's what everybody's talking about but it's that big picture that really matters as well 
Okay, so if you sign up for your, your soil carbon initiative, if you sign up for this, right? walk us through, you know, what what's the end result of this, you know, start at the beginning and take us take us out here to the end. So I'm a farmer, I got 500 acres, what are we going to do? So, so what we're going to do is, um, first thing is you're going to talk to one of our specialists. There's a um, the woman who heads up our program. Her name is Taylor Heron. Um, a lot of people know her. She's amazing. People love talking with her. She's going to get on the phone with you, and she's going to say, tell me all about your farm. Um, and uh, she really wants to understand that whole context. And then she's going to walk you through all the things that are going to happen. Um, and then you're going to get on the phone. Um, and, and so she's going to get you ready so that you know exactly what's going to happen when, and, um, you'll, you'll have a real person who's your, who's your person, your connector. Um, then you're going to get on the phone with one of our, um, we have a great place here. We're partnering with so many people in this space. Um, we're, um, partnering with, um, Liz Haney over at, over at Soil Regen. You're going to get on with one of her specialists and, and they're going to, um, get you set up so that you can get your um, all your fields that you want to enroll onto the platform. They're going to help you walk through um, what you're going to do for your baseline testing and how to do that. You're going to um, take the soil samples. Um, you don't, this is one, again, designed to be farmer-centric. Um, uh, you can do it. You don't need to bring in an expensive team. You can uh, do your soil sample, samples, send them off to the lab. We, um, we're working with Lance Gunderson over at Soil, um, uh, soil, soil ag lab. They're fantastic. Um, oh, yeah. it, that baseline that you get back is going to give you information about your farm and what your next steps are. You're going to get back on with Liz and, or one of her people. And they're going to make a plan with you. Then you're going to start inter implementing your plan. Um, at the end of the day, um, you're going to be taking evidence. You're going to be seeing the outcomes about how your soil is changing, how you're making improvements. Um, and um, that's, that's you're going to show evidence about how that's improving and that's how you get the certification. Um, we have a third party certifier. That's really important um, to have a third party doing that. And so um, uh, the, the idea is there's three parts to it to, to really get that baselining and make your plan and understanding to get the guidance along the way. So there's folks that can help you. And by the way, we do things like recommend that people jump onto this podcast and learn as they go. Um, yeah. And then, and, and then the other thing is um, we work with um, companies and retailers who want to be part of transitioning the land. Um, I'll talk about them in a minute, but um, uh, and as a result of their participation, we're able to offer um, a small, what we call an acre dividend for the acres that you're transitioning, because we believe it's all about creating a regenerative system. It's not like, um, it's like not, growing regenerative corn but growing corn that's coming out of a regenerative system right and you might you might you might change up all your rotation um one of our one of the farms in our program they're doing a 19 crop rotation <laughs> it's just like amazing all the things yeah. they're planning but they started out almost entirely just wheat and now they're doing 19 crops wow. so um so so that that that's that's what we do and then the other side of the equation is the is the companies the companies that are making these claims, okay, let's belly up to the bar. Um, let's actually focus on um, uh, helping um, helping lots of lots of farmers get into this and transition land. And so that's where the acre dividends come from. They need to also um, put in uh, acre dividends that go to the farmers. So that's that, so that's how it works. We really want to get the idea out there of 
you're going to get all of these benefits. The, the farms are going to get all these benefits, like we talked about, um, including the resiliency and the water. Um, we're completely um, non-exclusive. So if you want to be participating in other programs, if there's a, if the carbon markets actually finally come along, hopefully we this program will help you get ready. It's not exclusive. We don't sell data. We don't um, we don't sell anything other than hey the idea of if you take these steps um, you you can go from good to great um, in terms of the work that you do. Um, okay. Now you mentioned you're working with Dr. Liz Haney. We we know Liz here very well. Um, Liz has got Liz and her group have a certificate a regenerative certification mm -hmm. that, they're, that they're doing. Mm -hmm. So. Will the participant in your program, if they pass Liz's requirements, are they then also going to be regeneratively certified? 100%. So, okay. um, like I said, totally non-exclusive. If you're part of other programs um, and, you, uh, and you meet our, our requirements, if you'd like to have more than one certification, you can have it. I mean, okay. it's, it's what Perfect. we're interested in is 100% back to what you said, Rick what's the education how how do we all help each other along this journey yeah. so um, yeah. yeah so how do we go deeper in okay so you've got okay so now you've got the farmer's appetite that they're, they're you know they're like okay this is going to be some this is what i need i've finally got a group that's going to say you need to do this this and this okay now let's go to the other end elisa do you have buyers now that are willing to pay premiums for these uh, farmers that are taking the principles of soil health and putting them in motion? So um, I have two answers to that. Um, yes and yes. Um, okay. So what we're looking at, uh, this is a real blow your mind moment. What we're, what we're really trying to do is get people, everybody, whether you're talking about farmer, whether you're talking about a com company, um, maybe someday, uh, we'll, we'll, it, probably in this conversation, we'll get to the consumer, but put that aside for a second, um, is we want to understand that um, when a, a, a farmer, a grower, a producer, a rancher is um, um, managing their land and, and growing, um, they're doing two things. They're bringing a crop to market and they're taking care of that land. Mm -hmm. And so they should get paid for both, right? right. So... Um, we, um, um, it, whatever companies, we have a lot of companies that are looking for farms that have made this commitment. They want to expand the regenerative production in their supply chain. And at the same time, so we let them, you know, we do marketplace solutions. We don't interfere in that. We allow the, whatever marketplace agreements they want to make. And there's been some really cool agreements that have been made. Um, yeah. Go for it. And what we say is at the same time, you have to commit to providing um, an um, acre dividend for that land management um, so that the, the, the farmer, the producer can swap things up if they want. Um, yeah. Or you know what? Or if, there, if, there's a, if there's an act of nature um, and there's a tough year, they still get their land management fee. So, so we're really trying to get everybody to think about, we're getting, you know, every farm knows exactly how many acres they have and what they grow and where they grow it. But you know what? The companies don't necessarily know how many acres it takes to produce their product. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm sorry to say that there are a lot of companies where the people have never been on a farm. Um, and so 
what we're what we try to do is to, is we get the companies to think about okay you make this product you sell it to consumers how many acres does it take all the things that you're buying how many acres does that take to make that product those are the acres that you're responsible for transitioning to regenerative agriculture so that that's how it works on the company side yeah, isn't that amazing though that the companies, some com not all, I'm sure, but some companies don't understand how many acres it takes to to fill every can of beans or whatever it is they got to they've got to supply to the market. It, it's amazing. It's amazing, Rick. Um, and one of the things we do again in concert with your um, education theme is we really we we try to get um, people in companies out to farms. Um, it's just it's that. Because when they actually see what's happening, exactly right, exactly right. They, yeah. I, I, I do not, they come back changed. Yeah. So if you're a farmer or a grower out there and you ever get a call from a company saying, I'd like to come and visit you and learn, that's your moment to be a really great educator. And yeah. if you're a company that's listening, if you haven't been out on a farm, you need to find some really great regenerative farmers and go visit. Um, yeah. And so Rick can help you, we can help you, but but that it will be life changing, I promise you. Oh yeah. Well, we've got uh, Ed Bourgeois on. Ed's on every night. Ed, how you doing? We've never met before, but I hope someday we do. Ed is on every single time. How you doing, Ed? He's got a question for you, Elisa. How do we get land grant and extension folks out and learning from leading regenerative farmers? The student interest in regenerative and soil health certainly is rapidly growing. Amen to that, Ed. It is just amazing how many students are interested, how many are um, reignited into the idea of, being, of, of going into agriculture because of it. Um, and I know many farmers tell me, you know, it, the other thing that regenerates, along with regenerative agriculture, it gets my, it gets my kids, my next generation, who thought they weren't going to be interested in farming it gets them right back so oh, I, yeah. um yeah so so uh totally um so and it's really important and again hats off to, to rick and so many of the of the farmers who do hold field days and do exactly that um and if you're a farmer or grower out there if you do a field day please be sure to invite as many extension agents as you can because again i, I loved how you did that rick you know kind of the eye popping yeah. moment it, it it's really important um, and so what we're also doing at, um, um, at, a, at um, in addition to that, each one of us can get people onto the land. We can each do that, you know, each one, each one reach one. We can, it, that might be something, you know, I always, I always say, um, uh, you know, Rick, when you join us in our network meetings, it's like, okay, what are you going to do differently tomorrow? And maybe one of those things is you're going to commit to each one of us reach one, one extension agent and get yeah. them to see makes a huge difference. Um, we're also kind of looking at it, you know, in the relationship building and system ways. So um, there is actually a group out there called the um, Extension Foundation, and they work um, to, um, to help educate extension agents. And they're one of the partners that we're working with to try to help them make sure that the extension agents can get this information and don't, um, when, when farmers come in for advice, they don't revert back to the the conventional. Um, uh, I'll just I'll just leave it at that. That's the, 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 right. the, the, don't revert back to the conventional, right. but are in a position to, to learn to pass along um, the places where people can do the learning. So, so like this podcast. 
that was so, called the Extension Foundation. Extension Foundation. It's it's a it's a it's a nonprofit organization that um, many federal agencies have this. Um, many of you may, if you love the national parks, for example, you may know that there's something called the Park Foundation. Um, and what they do is it's it's a private nonprofit to help support the parks. So this uh -huh. is a private nonprofit that helps helps um, support both the extensions and also the land grant universities that are teaching the next generation. Um, yeah. And also, they, they also support the historically black um, universities and colleges as well. So it's, it's, really, uh, it's really an exciting um, uh, set of partners to, to really start getting the word out and start helping um, people learn what they, what they need to know to be even greater educators. Right. That's awesome. And I want to thank Keith uh, Loverin for putting on that website uh, for soilcarboninitiative.org. Initi oh, so thank, thank, thank you, you, Keith. Um, and and Ludmila uh, is a uh, is a Ukrainian, uh, and and I'm not sure what you mean by six three four question mark. So, if you could uh, expand on that in a moment, I would greatly appreciate it. Um, Elisa, I want to move on to another one of the four things we talked about, and I think that I mean I get I get it. We need a definition, but I understand why maybe some people don't want to define this yet because they might be afraid that they might get left out because then the, the maybe the 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 definition that gets adopted does not include what the, their definition is i understand that but but elisa if we don't all figure out what this goal is we're heading for uh, we're, we're just we're just aimlessly going through the night here trying to all wind up at the same spot so right i'll talk through this the earth, what I think is an urgency for this definition. So, um, so first of all, I just really want to give credit to everybody. Um, there is a definition of regenerative, right? It's um, these are the soil health principles, and when you focus on soil health, um, uh, and and according to these principles, these are the outcomes you're going to drive. So we are not starting from scratch. We don't have to make up a fancy definition. Um, the education we need to provide is about um, really applying those soil health principles. And, um, and then that gets into some of this market conversations, for example, that we just had, like that's the, that's the value and the role, for example, some of the certifications will provide because they will say, you know what? Yes, this grower is applying the principles. They have a plan, they're making progress. You can see the progress in a lot of different ways, but starting with the soil health, um, you know, the soil health test that you can do, there's a lot of ways to see the progress on the land, right? Um, one of the things that I love about um, regeneration is, is is that you, if you bring somebody out to a regenerative farm um, and they can, they can see, they can smell, they can feel, they can taste the difference. So it's, it's, um, you know, it's not like you have to have, you don't have to turn, you have to, don't have to do headstands to, to try to come up with a definition. Those principles, it's rooted in those principles. And then you look at what, um, are you applying those principles and are you driving those outcomes? So I, I think that that's really clear. And it's really important, I think, Rick, um, as part of the definition to have it be a whole system that, you know, you apply those principles as a whole system so that you're, you're not doing something like, okay, um, we're going to 
we're going to um, apply a cover crop and then that doesn't work and then we're going to give up. Um, what we want to do is um, have that whole system approach so you get that full education. So I, I think that's what's important. Now, yeah. there's two parts to it. You know, there's two parts to the education. So it's the, uh, the part of the education is driving that soil health, getting all those benefits from your farm, for your farm, um, the water, the, 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 the climate protection, the, 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 um, the bottom line benefits, all of that, very important. Um, so so that's, that's, I think, what those of us that get so passionate about this, that's what, that's what, that's what we get excited about. Yeah. Now, there's some folks that come, come in and they say, oh, well, well, you know, it's all about the carbon. Now, you do get the carbon. You know, you do. But, they do have, but people have to understand about carbon and carbon cycling. And I know you've covered that really well on this podcast. Um, so so um, that, that's very important. So that's a different kind of definition. You know, everybody's talking about these carbon markets. And there's been some good experiences and bad experiences. But um, at the end of the day, that's what sometimes people mean by definitions. What are the carbon markets going to accept? Yeah. Not the definitions we're talking about, which is what's regenerative, right. how do you drive it, how do you see it, how do you know you got it? But then there sometimes people are calling the, talking about the definitions for the carbon markets. And um, we got a ways to go there. I think that um, uh, it's important but some of the definitions that they're trying in the carbon markets so far are wrong, but I'm happy to report that they're getting better. Um, one of the reasons why they're wrong is, is, is that they took a lot of the definitions about carbon markets from the energy markets. And um, we can talk about that in a minute because my organization also does the same kind of network effect um, with um, solar and renewable energy. Um, the definitions for the carbon markets for something like solar make sense additionality, so on and so forth. That right. comes straight out of the, the solar and wind and all that does not necessarily work for agriculture. But I'm pleased to report people are starting to understand that. And I think within a few years, that's going to get sorted out um, in a way that's going to make sense for folks. So if we're talking about that kind of definition, um, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a specialty uh, corner of this. That we have, we have to we have to get the definitions right so that um, people who have already uh, built the um, the soil health already built their soil health and their soil organic matter and their soil carbon can get those credits so that people get credits for what they're building. Um, but right. uh, um, it's a little bit of the wild west yet, but I have reasonable optimism that that's going to get sorted out in a couple of years, which makes it even more important to go back to what we were talking about before, Rick. That that um, that that growers, producers get on to get get started on their soil health journey so they can be ready when those when it's, right. when everybody gets themselves sort, sorted out. And and they can get ready for whatever the market premiums are going to be. They can get ready for what's more important of, of all is for for the own, their own um, bottom line and resiliency of their farm. So all of those things are are the reasons to get onto this journey. Right. Right, and and I'd Lude Myler, thank you for straightening me out. The six three four is Gabe's six principles, the three adoptive stewardship rules, and the four ecosystem processes. Thank you. Yeah, I just I there just I didn't think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, Ed's got it's coming back again. The new refi regenerative finance movement is starting to look at eco credits instead of carbon credits. So mm -hmm. expand on that. 
Right. So that's the idea of um, exactly what we were just talking about. And I love that Ed is on top of all of this. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it, it's really saying, you know, um, each each producer um, is taking care of land um, and that it's, it's not just about carbon. It's about all these things. It's about the water. It's about plant health. It's about the nu nutritional value. It's about yeah. the biodiversity. Um, and so that's um, it's really um, um, giving giving credit and finding a way to say, um, in addition to the crops that you grow and bring to market and get paid for, also to be paid for for that land management. So it's it's I think I I think it's it's what I think it's what we're going to see. It's um, one of my uh, one of my, uh, one of my favorite things is um, you know can we see the future now? What what part of the future is here today? And I think that that conversation is part of the future that's here today that we'll that we'll all be experiencing. So, uh, so my so what I would say is keep listening to this podcast. If um, if you're a grower, if you're a producer, if you're a rancher, um, get ready. Um, get get going on your soil health journey so that um, as all these good good things become, you'll, you'll be ready. So, Elisa, do you when you you know, I, I'm not in this world that you're in and I can only think about certain things here. And you know, everything is always talked about, at least what I think, is always talked about from the, the farmer's side of the equation. What happens if you have a, 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 a retailer that says, Elisa, we don't agree with what this, this group is doing for regenerative. We're not gonna want to, either buy a buy from them or b we're not going to want to buy carbon credits from i mean do you see that happening do you see the the buying side of this equation not agreeing with the selling side i don't actually um because quite frankly it's in their interest um okay. you know uh, when you think about it whether you're a retailer and you have i mean um uh so um ed mentioned that there's so much student interest well, it's because that whole generation is interested in where yeah. their food is grown, how yeah. is it grown, is it healthy, is it healthy for me and my family, and is it going to, and is it healthy for the planet? So um, every retailer, every company is getting more and more and more and more of those questions. So, so there's, there's, I say there's three drivers for this. So that the, so the other side of the market is interested. Number one is their customers are interested. Yeah. The younger the generation, the more interested they are. So, um, and everybody is interested in um, uh, in getting the new generation. Um, you know, those Gen Z people. That's you know, every, you know, ten years ago everybody was focused on millennials. Now they're all focused on Gen Z because yeah. they know that Gen Z, you know, those are the people that are going to be making the households, having children. They got to they got to make sure that those people are going to be coming to them. So. Um, so you have the consumer interest, um, and you're, you know, if you look at any of the consumer, they call it, you know, the consumer insight studies. Any of the consumer insight studies show that um, that the um, as you as you move through the generations, there's more and more interest in that. So that's number one. You're going to have, uh, you know, the, the the consumer, the mom, the dad, they're going to be interested. Yeah. Number two, that's number one. That's one driver. The second driver is what we've been talking about ourselves. Even if, even though we've been talking about it so far today, Rick, even if the consumer weren't just interested, let's just let's just make a scenario where 
consumers aren't interested. They are, but let's pretend they aren't for a second. Yeah. And the companies, there's all these reasons from a farming perspective to be interested right. in terms of your own resiliency, your own bottom line, the interests of your children, all the things we were just talking about. So there's, the farmers are huge drivers here. And it's why more and more people are coming to your podcast, why, um, you know, it's, it's because there is good sense at every level. For, so there's a farmer driver. And lastly, there's a company driver. Yes, they want the consumers. But, but again, let's just take the hard case where there's, there's not consumer interest. There is, but let's just pretend for a second there wasn't. They have to make sure that they've got future supply. Mm. You know, they're watching all these droughts. Um, and they're realizing that, guess what? Um, the climate is changing everywhere. They can't geographically diversify. If they want to have their supply chain, they're going to have to make sure that those those um, those farmers have the know-how to be resilient and they have to encourage it. Um, and interestingly, um, just to do some market talk for a second, what we're seeing is that there's a really interesting other player that we were a little surprised to see because we understand why the, co the, the companies are interested. They have to have that resiliency in their supply chain. Right. So they have, and some of them are some of them are like, we know it and we're doing it right now because we know our customers interested in it. So they're leaders, you know, like everywhere. There's, there's, the, there's the innovators, there's the leaders, there's the early adopters, and then there's the laggards. But, you know, that first, that first 20, 30, 40% make all the difference. So, um, so they're interested. Um, what we're seeing, uh, we're seeing a very interesting other market player that we didn't expect to see at this stage. So it's a really good sign that we're succeeding, which is, the ingredient suppliers, right? And usually they're kind of the last ones to the table. The consumers have to ask for it. The companies have to ask for it. Um, you know, push, 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 and finally they get there. Yeah. In this case, though, they're recognizing because they're exactly in the middle, right? They need the farms to thrive so that they can make the purchases to sell to the company. And they, you know, there are some very large ingredient suppliers, and we could all name their names. But most of them, but, but the, the the regional the regional ingredient suppliers, they can't diversify their risk. Their farmers are their farmers, so they need to work together with their farmers to um, make sure that that there's a resilient supply um, in their region. So there's all of these drivers saying we need to do this. And and that's what um, you know that that's that that's what makes me say yeah it's here it's for real um, people are people are figuring it out and they um, they have every everywhere you look there's a driver consumer company supplier producer we all have every single person in that equation has its drivers yeah and folks this is why at the beginning of this podcast I I said what I said. This is one of the few companies that I know of that is in contact with everybody on this, this food chain, whatever you want to call it, from the farmer to the consumer and everybody in between. And that's what Elise is talking about here. And this is very encouraging because she's basically told us in an hour here that it's all positive pretty much up and down the whole, the whole line. Oh, oh my goodness. And let me tell you then, um, back to your education theme, very important, number one, um, is, is that there's a network effect. So let me just give an example. When, when we're all connecting, 
So one of the companies in our network said, you know, we're very interested in, in um, uh, expanding our regenerative supply chain, the, 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 you know, having more regenerative farmers in our supply chain. Um, we're very interested in all your programs. Um, they really like the Soil Carbon Initiative. And they said, you know, we would really like, um, it's part of this each one reach one thing. The net, I call it the network effect. They said to us, um, we would really like to, to bring in one of our farmers to make sure that it just makes sense to the farmer. Because, you know, obviously it has to work for the producers. So we said, of course. Um, and they said, you know, we have a, we have a chickpea farmer, um, you know, a couple hundred acres up in Montana. Um, would it be okay if we brought them on? Because they've been doing some of these things and, and they'll be able to tell us whether it makes sense. No. We said, of course. So we get on, a, you know, we get on one of these Zoom calls and um, oh my gosh. Um, the, the, the company, um, they, so they had, it, they had it right about the chickpeas. They had it right about uh, Montana. What they, they didn't have it right in terms of, it wasn't a 200 acre um, uh, farm. It was 20,000 acres. <laughs> and they, they had been moving, they had decided that they had to get on the regenerative um, because they could see how little water they had. They had to get on the regenerative um, journey. Um, they, they started introducing, they are up to Rick, 19 different um, uh, crops in their rotation. That's across great. No, so, but it gets even better than that. Network effects. We go from company to farm. The farmer then is like, they're excited. They, they like, they really love this, that you really understand the farmer. You're meeting us where we are. Turns out that when you're in, you know, when you're way up in um, Montana high country, um, and if you're going to start introducing, you know, chickpeas, peas, pulses, all kinds of, you know, 19 different, there's nobody to bring that to market. They start their own um, small processing company. Now what happens? They have 300 farmers um, selling into that facility. Yeah. Um, you know, bringing, the, introducing rotations and so on and so forth. And they want to introduce these programs to all the farms because they're looking at, we got to make sure that all of these farms survive. You know, like all of us, if we lose a farm, it kind of hits our heart, right? So they're so now they're looking at how do we get the 350 farmers that that um, that come into that sell into us into our little producing uh, production facility because they kind of you know they, they gather all the chickpeas and the peas and the lentils and so on and so forth and they bring it to market because yeah. uh, you know they're way out there in the in the large open spaces out there, right? Well, then it gets even better. So so so. This group of this farmer who's now got their own processing facility and they're inviting in their other farmers to get involved in regenerative gets even better because one of the other um, processors that they sell into the they, the processor says oh my gosh this is so interesting you know we have three thousand farmers that sell into us we're worried about each and every one of them we don't want to lose a single one of them they need also to um, to, to learn this regenerative agriculture so that, that in this, this low moisture and environment that they all survive. We want them all to survive, each and every one of them. We want them to... So now we're talking about 5 million acres, all from the network effect of people, you know, one person saying, can I introduce you to someone else? Can I introduce you to someone else? And that's how, that's how powerful that each one, teach one, reach one um, yeah. is, is that. So, so yeah, I, I think that that uh, Rick, you've you started something big here. <laughs> yeah, that's that's huge. I mean, that's what it's all about, right there. I mean, the vision that that one farm family farm had there to, to vertically integrate and then 
and then make a, a, a place for all your neighbors. Instead of bickering and fighting with your neighbors and wondering if they're going to take each other's land away from each other, try to figure out how to help each other. Right. How, how is this good for all? Absolutely. And what, that's what's so great about it is that it is good for all. So, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, I, um, you know, there's a lot of work for each and every one of us to do. And I, um, I you know, uh, maybe we should mark the calendar and we we'll have this conversation again in 10 years. But um, what our big picture is, you know, here in North America, there's something like um, 740 million acres of agriculture land. If you look yeah. around the world, there's over 4 billion. Um, but at least in North America, we would like to see, um, you know, we'd like to see one third of the farms at, at the end of this decade. We'd like to see one third of the farms at the Rick Clark level. Yeah. <laughs> we would like to, we'd like to see one third of the farms, you know, having been um, been progressing along. So they're in the middle of their journey. And then we'd like to see the other one third of the farms having started it. So yeah. I think that's where we can. Be. Yeah, that's, that's the. Yep. You beat me to it. I was going to ask you what you thought success would look like, and you just answered it. So, uh, you said by the end of the decade, that's eight years or seven and a half. Um, that's probably those are probably doable. Those are doable type numbers, I think. I totally think so. And let me tell you, um, it's not just because I'm picking numbers out of the air, but because um, I have the great good fortune of my organization. Like I said, we like to tackle. Um, uh, big problems through marketplace solutions. So um, one of the other um, networks that we have is about solar energy. And um, back in the year 2000, solar energy was teeny, teeny, tiny. Um, yeah. It was like it was like less than one percent of total um, energy production, and it was so expensive that most people dismissed it as a hobby. Right. And yet. If you look at, we really do need fossil-free forms of energy, and we need them at scale. Um, we have to like, we have to have a thriving solar industry. So we put together a solar network, and so um, and literally at that point in time, there were so few people involved in the so-called industry that you could get everybody into a, you know, good-sized living room. I mean, it, you know, it, was, yeah. it wasn't a huge number of people. Anyway, we said, okay, what would it, what would have to happen? in order to have solar energy being 50% of all energy by 20, 2050. And so people thought, oh, that's crazy. Oh, that's like too big of a goal. And yeah. anyway, we said, okay, we're gonna try anyway. So, okay, so we'll always know that your goals are right when you think they're too big. Cause that, cause you know, if it doesn't get you, like you were saying earlier, if it doesn't get you out of your comfort zone, Long story short, what we thought was, because at that point in time, solar was really expensive. It was $17 a watt to install um, a coal plant with $3 a watt. You know, that's not even in the same league, right? Same ballpark. So we said, okay, by the year 2020, what we need to do is we need to set those goals so that solar energy is $1 a watt. It's going to have to be less than coal for people to pay attention to solar. So um, I'm happy to report that, well... I have to tell you, we were wrong. It was not a dollar a watt by 2020. Everybody thought that was impossible. Um, it was 25 cents a watt. Wow. So we were right direction, wrong number. Not a dollar, it was 25 cents a watt to install the big installations, the big commercial installations. So oh. it's uh, so that's why I'm, say, I'm sitting here saying to you today, these big goals are not impossible. Yeah. Because regenerative agriculture makes so much sense, 
at every level, at the farm level, at the company level, at the processor level. Um, uh, it's, it's not to say that it's going to be easy, but, we'll, but it's possible. Yeah, and that's why I, I, I'm so glad you came on our podcast, at least because you have got so much knowledge base in, I mean, so years back, but just the story you just told about solar panels. I mean, I can remember when everyone just poo-pooed, there's no way, there's no way that's going to work. Well, technology and the smart minds around the world figure out how to make that panel more efficient and and take that sun's energy and do whatever it does. So, yeah. yeah. It can happen. Oh, it can totally, happen. totally. Uh, yeah, and totally to, to the point where it's not just um, people like me saying this. Um, uh, Google has an elite forecasting team. They now believe that solar could be 50% as early as 2040. MIT, wow. a um, forecasting, you know, energy forecasting lab, they also say hmm, maybe 2040. They actually say 2042. All right. Yeah. All right. So we're eight years ahead of where we hope to be. So, so, and um, uh, there's an there's a international energy agency out there. Um, they advise, they're part of the United Nations. They advise countries on what to do with their energy policy. And up until last summer, they were advising people to full force fossil fuel energy, basically because of the expense. Last wow. summer, I'll never forget, it was the middle of July, they, they did a 180. They said, um, they said ladies and gentlemen, um, uh, renewable energy is now less expensive than fossil fuel energy. Make that the cornerstone of your country's energy policy. I mean, so that's the kind of thing that can happen. I mean, that was that was just that was 20 years time. Yeah. And now that we know so much more about how to go faster, further together, I think we can do this in 10 years. Yeah. yeah. So. You know, I saw uh, today on the internet. There's so many great things on the internet. Um, yeah. In South uh, Korea, they have got the median on an interstate is all solar panels, and they've got mm -hmm. them up high enough that now the folks that ride bicycles can ride underneath the panels and be in the shade, get their exercise, and the interstates in the median are all lined with panels. I mean. I mean, because that's one of the big negatives, uh, Lisa, against solar is taking out productive prime farm ground. Well, figure out exactly. more creative ways to have them. Right, which we don't, which we don't want to do, and we don't. The good news is we don't have to do. There's, you know, many farms have many buildings. Solar could go Rooftop. there. Um, yeah. You know, um, uh, uh, there's there's folks that are talking about solar grazing because if you've got sheep, um, uh, they. Oh my gosh. They can take care of the land underneath those panels, um, right. and the same thing. Whether it's, um, uh, they they also get the shade. Um, uh, things like people who are doing um, pasture pasture raised chickens, um, the the solar panels protect the chickens from hawks and other birds of prey. So sure. I mean, it, it, so there's a so people are just being so creative. Um, I, I, I I'm just really excited. I think that there's so much we can all do together when we collaborate. Yeah, it is amazing. It is. It truly is amazing. Um, so what do you think? What do you think is going to be the biggest stumbling block, let's say, for the in the next five years? What part of this this whole chain you've talked about, which one's going to be the biggest the biggest drag on it? So I think it's actually what you said from the very beginning. That's why I always love talking with you 
um, because you're just like always spot on, so inspiring. Um, I I think that the single, um, the single, as sometimes people say, the the limiting factor in the system is is that learn that teaching and learning. Yeah. Because you know, um, we always also don't want we also want to be realistic, right? A lot of learning to do. Uh, like you always say, one of the things I really admire about you is, is you say, you know, this is hard. Um, um, I, I, you know, I do some things. Some of them are really successful, and sometimes I stumble. Well, I stumble, I get back up. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's that, you know, what do I do now? This is not what I expected to see in my field right now. What do I do? Um, you know, um, I had a great year last year. I had perfect weather conditions this year. Terrible weather. What do I do now? Um, yeah. You know. And like when I visited you last a couple of weeks back, you know, you were saying, well, I, my original plan with this field was this, 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 but given what happened this year, I'm going to do this instead, you know, and really helping, really helping people learn those things and having, and, and, and so it's, the, and, and having enough teachers. Um, one of the, one of the things I did on my trip was I was looking, I want to find as many teachers as I can. So um, the growers and producers out there in your podcast that have really learned this, let me know because we want to help. We want to connect you up with other farmers to help this teaching, this learning and teaching process. Right. And that, and there's just not even enough teachers of teachers. So, so that's the part where we all have to. You were spot on, Rick. You, you said it. Yeah. So how can how can we find you, Elisa? What is it? Farmgreen.com. So yeah. So um, uh, uh, Keith, thanks again. Soilcarboninitiative.org. You can find us uh, there. If you want to find me, it's simple. Um, I'll put it in the chat here. It's Elisa at GreenAmerica.org. Um, um, really, truly, reach out. Um, you know, if you want to learn more about our work, um, if you want to connect um, with either farms or companies, um, if you if you feel like you could be a teacher, let us know. Man, let us know. Uh, 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 just, just to share something that that Rick and I talked about on his porch about this whole question of how do we get enough how do we get enough teachers how do we get enough teachers of the teachers we talked about that we spent a lot of time about that on your porch um, and and um, one of the things we thought about is um, let's put together um, just maybe something really simple like office hours I mean you know can you imagine being able to have to be able to to call up Rick Rick has a certain office hour every month um, and and people can call up Rick and say, this is what I'm seeing. Um, yeah. and, then, and then we have somebody the next week that's a specialist in orchards. And we have somebody the week after that's a specialist in um, citrus or rice. And then that way, um, when, when people run up against something, they know there's somebody they can call. So, um, so call me if we can call you for expertise. Call me if you need expertise. Yeah, um, yeah so please just reach out. But- but you see what this is very important here also uh, you're regionalizing where the teachers are to be because I don't know anything about rice so I'm not going to try to tell somebody in Arkansas how to raise rice that's not what I need to be doing so you're trying to go out and find those experts that are in those regions and then right. you have greater chance of success that's so important Oh, and, 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 you know, um, and it's amazing what people are doing. And I just want to say, seeing the soil health principles apply throughout this country, uh, it's amazing. Um, uh, we, um, one of the farmers in our network is down in Florida uh, raising citrus. 
and they have what they they call their soil sugar sand because that's what it looks like it looks like sand and he was able um through um by applying the soil health principles by putting in the cover crops um in his citrus fields not only was he able to go from sugar sand to what people on this podcast might think of as soil um it, it actually um, and it helped all the things that we all talk about. But one of the other things it did is that they're having a terrible problem in um, in Florida, for example, with something called citrus greening, which is a it's um, uh, killing off a lot of the trees. It's oh. reversed to, it, it, it re um, it reversed to citrus greening problem. Oh, so wow. um, it's, so it's it's like um, you know the um, uh, these soil health principles. Uh, we were actually down in Arkansas with a whole group of our farmers from all over the country, you know, including some of these farmers that are used to, used to mostly drought. And they were saying, wow, in this area that their problem is almost too much water, the soil health principles help them in the way the soil health principles help us with drought. So that's how powerful this is. And so really, really important. Yeah, I was gonna mention, I was gonna bring that up. You went to Adam Chapel's farm. Um, right. And that, that's a great stop to make. Uh, so what what is it you what do you call that when you you're going to make this farm visit and you're in, you're inviting all these people in what what are you folk, how are you promoting this? So so um, we have um, we have what we call our um, soil and climate alliance. It's a big network. It's that network that I mentioned that has literally everybody in the system from the the farmers to the companies to the ingredient suppliers to the investors yeah. in the network. And when we have a meeting, we always um, schedule it, um, we, we locate it near one of the farms we can learn from. So um, uh, we were at Adam's last time and we bring in people, uh, you know, I mean, the people, all these people, the farmers, the companies, they're from all over the country. And yeah. we go and we, um, we literally have a field day before we have the rest of the meeting. Um, and we invited all of the farmers that were involved in our soil and uh, soil carbon initiative to come and many of them did. And that was fabulous. Um, and Rick, there's a couple things I want to report out about that. First of all, we've got a lot of next generation farmers who said, okay. we're going to, we're, we're, we're starting to, to, you know, we're, we're fourth, fifth, sixth generation. We're starting to inherit these farms. We're going to, we're going to bring these regenerative principles. And they loved being on Adam's farm because, because most of them were from other places to see yeah. how very different his, okay. his content. And yet these, these regenerative principles were working there. So that was one thing. And then the other thing that was really kind of fun is that that kind of um, that made my heart happy was we kind of thought that the farmers might have preferred to just stay, um, you know, stay in a group with each other and compare notes. And they love doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. But they yeah. joined a meeting where everybody was there, the companies, everybody. And they said, oh, my gosh, that was mind blowing to hear the perspectives of other parts of the system. Yeah. And to get to know people who are dealing with the problems and challenges in those parts of the system and to be able to collaborate with them and to say, hey, I've got a solution for you. That was just mind blowing for them. You know, yeah. one, one, of the, one of the farmers said to me, oh, Elisa, you know, this is really great. Um, I, but I've been to six, six lectures on cover crops. I think I've got that I, and I'm applying it on my farm. I know how to do that. But I never heard a company say what their challenges were. Um, so now I can be a better producer. Um, so that goes back to what I said earlier. It's so important that, that that executive level 
can get out into the workforce and just see what's really going on because sometimes they just don't understand. And to go right. to a, to go to an event like you just put on at Adams Farm this summer or earlier this summer, that that's powerful. Yeah, very powerful. And and I know you do that a lot at your farm, Rick, and it's it's so important. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah. What we did, what again, it's about teaching, it's about training. So what we're trying to do is we're working closely with the, uh, the USDA from Indiana, and we are, are putting training on here at our farm. And, and at least we had, I think, 30 or 35 brand new DCs come in. And Elisa, not one of this new group that came in for the training had any agricultural background. Hmm. So the, because the jobs are so hard, they're, they're hard to find people to put in these positions. So this training that we're doing is so important because they are the first contact with the farmer. Them or the extension, like Ed talked about earlier, with the extension folks need the same kind of training. So what everyone's doing here, I know the underlying theme here, it's train, 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 and it's so important. So important, Rick. I, I just, yeah, it's so important. And I, what what you did, what you do with that, it's such a gift to those people to be able to see that. And again, that's something each of us can do. We can invite, um, yeah. we can, you know, everyone, uh, everyone on this podcast that's listening um, can invite, um, they can invite these people to their, sure. to their farms and, their, sure. and they can see it firsthand and change their lives. Like so many lives you've changed. Yeah. So 100%. Yeah. Um, the other thing I just wanted to add to that is, is that it is those three parts of, of the learning process that we talked about. It's the principles and, and, and the plans and what you need. It's the, it's the actual implementation of what you do. I remember the first time I was on your farm and you were changing up your equipment um, so that you could put the different size cover, color, cover crop seeds in at the same, yeah. at the same, at the same path, you know, yeah. so you got to do that stuff. And then, and then again, it's, it's the, it's the encouragement, the, the, um, the, the, the coaching that yes, you can do this. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard. You'll get through this you know, here's a couple of things that you might want to know at this point in time. So it's all three of those things. And to, um, and why I think it's so important what you're saying and what Ed was saying about the extension folks um, is, is so that they, that people can continue on this path and not revert back and not right. say, Oh, I hit hard. And then, you know, go back to the, um, the, the more input um, right. methodology. So, yeah. yeah so we want to, yeah, and and at least we have we 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 haven't talked any about like inputs. You know, I I'm so I, I truly am glad that everyone got the inputs they needed for this 22 growing season. But 23 is going to be a different ball game, and if now is not the time, I don't know when is to start learning about these principles and how we can become a little bit of a better steward to the land and start to raise the same amount of output with a lot less input. And, and we really haven't talked much about that. Oh, absolutely. Um, and let me say two things about that that I think is really important. One, I want to tell you a great story. So we were talking with one of the farmers in our program uh, uh, just this week. And he's out in Kansas, completely dry land. 
Um, and um, he was able to reduce his inputs to the point where he saved $400,000 this year. I mean, you know, that is so, so important. Um, yeah. And he actually ran, I, I should say, he's got one part of his, his acreage that he can put a pivot on. Um, and he ran, um, he's reduced the inputs and he ran his own experiment, like you said, you know, split up, split up. So he um, split up, um, did 200 acres, completely dry land, uh, excuse me, uh, 2,000 acres, completely dry land. And then there was a small number of acres that he did um, with the pivots. And do you know that his corn, the 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 uh, dry land corn was 200. The the um, the pivot corn was 220. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you know, and then he said, "Look at my bottom line on yeah. on this dry land corn. It is phenomenal." So it, so it's just um, yeah, it's 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 amazing. Well, um, and, and, and go ahead. I'm sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead. <laughs> That's part of the education to help people um, understand how to think about like, not just like, what am I getting this year, but what does two and three years look like? Yeah. Um, I'll give you an example back up from Montana. Um, um, I hate to report to this to you, Rick, and I know you know it, but um, you know, out there, most of the conventional farmers do every other year fallow because they're yeah. trying to quote unquote, they do chem fallow, quote unquote, trying to preserve moisture. Right. Um, I mean, it's heartbreaking. Um, the, they, they also have prevailing winds often over 20 miles an hour. And when you drive around, you literally see the topsoil blowing away. Yeah. I, I mean, on a year like this, when there's not much moisture, um, uh, not only do you see it, but if, you, if you're out there walking, it gets into your eyes, it stings. I mean, it's just a bad situation. Yeah. And the idea of there's kind of two things to think about in terms of the education. It's going from, like you always say, um, Rick, from the yield to go from a yield, from yield thinking to bottom line thinking, extremely important. And then kind of like in your little two by two matrix or your little spreadsheet then to also do a cost a couple of years. Because like, for example, take that chem fallow. So compared to um, the regenerative farmer in our program, right? So um, the chem fallow, first of all, he's getting, um, he's, he's putting in a year when he's doing no uh, crop, no crop at all, he's still putting labor and input onto that land and his topsoil is blown away. Um, on the other hand, um, um, our farmer that's got 19, uh, you know, and is, is, is rotating through no chem fallow ever, 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 please don't do that to my soil. Um, so that, you know, they've got, it's a, a farm couple, they've got, he and she have um, they get they get they get crop sales in both years. They have reduced inputs in both years, and so they have a bottom line that's plus plus, and their neighbor has a bottom line that's negative. So it doesn't matter. You can't make enough in that second year when you've got chem fallow and you're putting money on, money into the land, into the chem fallow, um, and it doesn't matter. I mean, the minus plus the plus doesn't equal more than no. what our what our farmers get. So it's like, it's that two things, going from yield to bottom line thinking and going for, to multi-year thinking. So yeah. it's like, what's going to happen? As, so that those are just, it's part of the education. It's part of the learning. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Uh, Gregory Jacks, Gregory's on a lot too. How you doing, Gregory? Uh, regenerative ag is initially hard to get your mind wrapped around the concept, but the key is education, education, education. Exactly correct. Amen. Well, Amen. 
and, least... and also to be humble, right? You know, we're all, yeah. we are all learning. We are yeah. all learning. And, and what I've been trying to do more in my presentations when I'm out speaking to folks, at least I'm trying to interject more of the things that are not working because I, I feel like sometimes I might paint too, too uh, uh, you know, bubbly of a picture and it's not. There, there's, a, there's a lot of hardship that comes with this and that needs to be uh, interjected in this conversation also. So, yeah, we try to be transparent as we can. Absolutely. And what I love about the way you do that is the, when you do that is just so that people so people know that it's real, you know, yeah. so that, um, you know, I've been in places where you've given Congress, you know, you've done a presentation and people go, oh, the, the farmers go, oh, my God, that's amazing. I wish I could do that. But I'm not a Rick. Um, and so, I mean, literally, I've heard, I've heard that more than once. Like, you know, I, I'm just I'm not smart like Rick. I don't know how to do all those things. So when you say, look, and then I ran into this problem, and then this is what I did, you know, um, and, and, and this is what I did, and, and yeah, it was a setback, but then this is what I did, and then, the, and then I learned from that, and it was, actually, um, it was actually done even better. And I think yeah. that's what, that's yeah. really important, that, you know, this, um, you know, um, this takes, this, this takes, it, it takes work. You have to apply all this knowledge. Sometimes it's going to be setbacks. None of us control what Mother Nature does. Nope. Um, but, but then to be able to say, and then I can do all of these other things. And, and even what looks like a setback can turn out to be a plus. So that's, uh -huh. that's what I love when you tell those stories. It's, it's really important for everyone to hear. Yeah. And you've just, you've got to stay. And I, and I say that, and I know some people might get offended when I say this, but I say, if you're, if you've got negative people around you, you've got to get different people because negativity is not good. You need to be surrounded by positive thinking people that want to move the needle forward. And that, that's what you have. And you've done a very nice job. That How many folks employed uh, under Green America's umbrella? Um, so we have about 40 people on our staff, about, um, about 10 of them focus on, on uh, agriculture. Um, but you know what, with the network, it's like, it's like having, it's I, I mean, it's, it's like thousands. amazing. Uh, you know, that network effect is huge. Um, yeah. uh, I, uh, I can't under, I mean, part of the, the teaching and reaching that each of us can do is about building our networks because um, one of the magic, uh, one of the things that's magic about a network is, is that um, inside the network, each one of us can be both an, an expert and a learner. You know, yeah. there is something that each one is an expert on, and we all love to share what we're good, you know, what we're good at, what our gifts are, and we're all learning. So when you put those things together, when you put expertise and learning together, that's when you get creativity and that's and and positivity. That, that that and positivity like you're saying rick and and that's where um when we can all support each other and say oh my gosh you know here's what i learned and here's what i'm doing and, and right. at first i thought this was a setback actually um it ended up feeding my soil and that next crop was even better you know so that people can see that that trajectory like yeah. you always do well at least we've been an hour and a half i've i've got to be respectful of your time take Take us home here, if you don't mind. What did we? What maybe? What didn't we talk about? You'd like to touch on, or you know, just wrap all this together and, and take us home. What do you? What do you see in the future? 
So what I see is that when we all work together and we all bring our expertise and our gifts to the table, um, and they're all different. You know, I imagine that everyone listening to this podcast, we all have different expertise. We all have different gifts. There's yeah. different things we all learn. When we do that together and create that network effect, you know, um, these big things that we talked about today, they will happen. Um, and again, I'm not just, I, I've seen it happen like with solar and several other areas um, where people took on really big goals that seemed absolutely impossible and they happened faster than they imagined. And yeah. that's where they, and that's where I'd like to leave people that, um, that regenerative agriculture is essential. It's essential to the farm. It's essential to the consumers. It's essential to the planet itself. Um, and um, it is, it is, it, it's where, it's where everything has to go. So please keep being leaders. Please keep being teachers. Um, uh, you are, you are the people we, the world needs right now. So, so thank you all. Uh, I want to start where I ended with that gratitude because it's, it's really, this is the, um, um, I, I, uh, I am not exaggerating when I say it's the most important thing on earth to be doing right now. So, so thank you all who are doing this better well, on this journey. You. Well, Elisa, you and your company are great ambassadors to this movement. So thank you. And again, you know, you've been, this has been a very positive podcast because you've given us an, an inside look and it looks very hopeful that everyone across this food chain is in agreement. We need to do something and you, you, you see that it's moving. So this has been very positive, very reassuring. Thank you so much for being on with us tonight. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for that, Rick. And, 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 Thank you. You're such an inspiration to me. So um, thank you for the good energy you always give me. And yeah. uh, well, you're may, may, we, may we share it with all, all of us and may all of us share it with each other. So thank That's you. Right. That's right. Well, thank you, Elisa. Thanks again. Everyone have a great evening. We'll see you next week. Don't forget a Q&A with Rick. I'm going to bring it down. It's going to be basic. So please get your questions ready. Elisa, thank you so much. Have a great holiday weekend and we'll talk soon. Talk soon. Thank you all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.